Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season. We want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans. And maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us. We're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our shows as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. You're listening to BGN Radio. Westbrook dangerous every time he has his hands on the football. Westbrook takes it. Looks for running room. Up to the 25. The 30. To the 35 40. 45 midfield. 45 40. 35 40. Brian Westbrook. He's going. He's gone. Touchdown. Brian Westbrook. 84 yards. No penalty flags. I don't believe it. Brian Westbrook has just exploded. And with 116 remaining, this place is in a state of shock. It is episode number 314 of the BGN Radio Podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, whether that's on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Satchel, and anywhere else that you are listening to this uh, fine podcast. I know that the reviews are doing very well. For those of you that were having Stitcher issues, apparently those have been fixed per Stitcher. So if you are still having problems, uh, let us know at info at BGN Radio. And honestly, if you have any questions, comments, uh, things of that sort, you can also email us over there. BLG is here with us. Is uh, We've got some new running back news we will certainly get into, but how are we doing on iTunes, BLG? John, before I get to that, I am excited for today's show. We have a lot to talk about, but getting to the iTunes reviews, we have 857 ratings and 402 reviews, and one review that I wanted to read. It's not too long, but I feel like we need to read this <laughs> review, John. It is titled, Good Work, Five Stars, and it's from Knockout News. This was on May 6th. Huge fan of BGN Radio. Not a big fan of Counterpoint Uh-oh. as a standalone show. Counterpoint. 
could probably just be trimmed down to a small segment of the regular BGN radio show. Appreciate all the hard work that you all put in. Let's go repeat. Looking forward to the return of the next level pot as well. Yeah, so are we. That's uh, actually happening, I think, by next week, by the way. So to uh, let everybody know that's uh, it's out there. Tehran and Baird have not gone anywhere. They're just, you know, vacationing and working hard and doing all those fun things. So they'll, they're not going anywhere. Uh, wow, counterpoint. Just get rid of it altogether, huh? Uh, well, uh, you know, that being said, it's not for everybody. Uh, secondly, Jack Frist is already running out of material and he's not even to 40 podcasts, as I'm sure we'll get to, uh, later on in the program, along with your questions and things like that. It is episode 314. We won't bore you with the facts. I'll just say hello, St. Louis, cause that's your area code out there. But, uh, BLG, the Eagles make a, another move and they bring in. Another running back, Matt Jones, who can't hold on to a football, which is really interesting that they would choose uh, between him, Terrence West, and there's a third unnamed running back. running back, according to uh, Ian Rappaport, that they brought in to work out. What does this tell you, BLG? Because it just tells to me, sorry, Smallwood and Pumphrey, I don't think there's going to be room on this roster or you're going to really have to work your ass off to stay on this roster. Well, clearly it's a huge blockbuster move. I mean, you know, Matt yeah. Jones is the missing piece of this team. Super Bowl confirmed. Uh, but for real, I don't think it's anything much more than more competition for that fourth running back spot. I mean, some people, and we'll get to this, disagree out there that Darren Sproles is a lock. But come on, Darren Sproles is a lock. Corey Clement is a lock. Jay Ajayi on the last year of his deal is a lock for this year, for sure. So you already have your top three running backs right there. I think you can set that in stone. I'm pretty confident in saying that. After that, do they even keep four? Last year, they kept five originally. I don't think they'd do that again, but I, I could see them going four, and I think the talent could justify it as well, uh, especially when you have a player like Jay Ajayi with some knee concerns and and you know Darren Sproles coming off an ACL. So you kind of almost need that fourth guy. I think... Matt Jones is coming in here to compete for that spot. You have Matt Jones, you have Wendell Smallwood, you have Donnell Pumphrey, and you have Josh Adams, everyone's favorite undrafted free agent signing. So I think that's a good mix of guys right there. Uh, Matt Jones, though, not very good. I'm really, <laughs> just, yeah. he's just not good. Like the, the production is not being good, uh, even beyond the fumbles. I mean, eight fumbles in 20 games, first of all, is just, that's terrible. But even if you just look at like the production, he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. And you can go like, oh, okay, well, he was in Washington. Yeah, but Washington has a good offensive line. He should yep. be running well behind that line. And he did against the Eagles in 2016 when he had 135 yards and one touchdown. Maybe the Eagles career saw something. Year, right? Or a career game for him yeah, there, right? Career yeah, career game. It was, it was all, I mean, he is averaging 8.4 yards per carry in that game. It was insane. And uh, so maybe the Eagles are looking at that. I'm sure Harry Roseman is looking at the fact that he's a former Florida Gator. There it is. Gator bias in there. But uh, I was looking through some old tweets from uh, Scott McLuhan, and obviously this is the guy who drafted him, so he should right. be saying nice things about him still. But he said he was the most. He said Matt Jones now was the most criminally underrated player in the NFL. Like that's, I know it's his player, but that's that's kind of high praise there. So at the very least, an interesting guy to add in training camp. Uh, I think Benjamin Solak said, like, if everything goes right, he won't make the team, hopefully. But we'll see. 
Yeah, it's just like a. I I hear a lot of people too, and even in the the, the BGN comments, like, "Oh, what an amazing signing by Howie! It's a twenty-five-year-old guy with upside." I'm like, ah, I, I I don't really know if he can be twenty-five and have upside necessarily. And just like I said before, fumbling issues all over the place. There is a lot of like things to like about his game. It's just it's never been really put together, regardless. And the Colts didn't exactly have the greatest situation last year either. But still, I remember a lot of people wanting. Uh, you know, the Eagles to go out and sign this guy. Like, why wouldn't you take a chance on a waiver claim or da da or whatever? Um, and there's a there's a lot of reasons why. I'm I'm really curious, and I wish we could all be flies on the wall of like, you know, Terrence West seems like a, a pretty good option. Um, now, it's not as dynamic, and certainly you, he's not a pass-catching guy. Uh, he's more just kind of a, a straight-ahead fella uh, that would go in there. But it, I, I don't know. Like, it's just a... We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And uh, Solak's right in one case. Like if it is going correctly and everything's right here, uh, he won't be on the team. But that led us to our poll question, and we want to know certainly what you guys are thinking here too. Who is going to be part of that fourth running back? And even if they, I don't even know if they're going to carry four running backs. Uh, I think so. Um, we'll we'll have that discussion in a little bit because there's some other news uh, from this week that we'll get to that I think there's there's a chance that they 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 might not. But um, I, I, out of these four guys, between Jones, between Pumphrey, between uh, Smallwood and Josh Adams, who, again, I'm going to get into the danger zone for the second year in a row with a UDFA running back. He really is just a guy. Uh, uh, but in in terms of, a, you know, you see a lot of people comparing Josh Adams to like, well, he could, you know, be that LeGarrette Blunt role and certainly can be. I just think that there's not a ton to like about his tape necessarily coming into this. But who knows? Uh, I, I just get the feeling, BLG, that if, if the Eagles hit once again on Josh Adams, another UDFA running back, they will never draft a running back again as long as Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman are in charge. Like, that is just not going to happen anymore, especially in the positions that they are in. So uh, is there anybody that you we should be rooting for, or do you uh, have any sense of who is going to run that or land that fourth running back spot? Yeah, I do think they keep one once again, just because of, like you said, you have the injury concerns of the Jai's knee, you have the injury concerns of Darren Sproles. Um, Corey Clement, I don't, you know, for as much as we like Corey Clement, I don't think you want him being, you know, the starting running back if injuries happen, uh, the full time guy. So I think, you know, keeping four, and I, like you said, I think the talent will warrant. I, th- I think one of those four guys will step up and earn this roster spot. I think, you know, Josh Adams is going to be everyone's favorite because he's a local guy. He's the youngest, so it's, you know, ideal. Hey, let's bring in this guy. He's undrafted free agent, really cheap. Uh, the only thing with Josh Adams that I'm kind of not sure what's going on here is that back during his pro day, Mike May- Mayock was talking about like some kind of impending surgery for his foot. Huh. And, you know, we're all thinking like, oh, man, the Eagles got this steal and Josh Adams. He went undrafted. Well, I mean, you know, there's always a reason behind those kind of things. So uh, Mike Mayock even said that he has a foot problem that's apparently going to need some surgery. And I don't think we ever heard of that surgery happening. And then Josh Adams was asked about that at his pro day. And he kind of just like totally glossed over it. He's like, (laughs) well, we're going to see about that. And then he just totally didn't answer it at all. So I'm kind of like keeping that in mind when it comes to Josh Adams. I'm kind of a little bit skeptical until I see him kind of produced on the field. I mean, I like the player in terms of his tape and his talent. I think he could be that fourth guy, but I'm not going to uh, you know, write his name in pen just yet on the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, uh, just judging off of the uh, article that you put up on Bleeding Green Nation, he is 
the at fifty percent out of the four running backs, which is pretty outstanding to almost have a, a majority vote here. Um, local guy, man. Lo- local, love the local guy. Local guy, Notre Dame. Every single time, it it totally works. Uh, so that's there. And I mean, Josh Adams has been popular on Instagram. By the way, you can find us there at uh, BGN underscore Radio, and also on the Twitter dot com under the same moniker. Uh, who wins uh, the battle royale here? And if I can just get the Skype thing out of the way, my goodness. Uh, so out of uh, six hundred and forty one votes, he does have the majority at fifty three percent of the vote. Donnell Pumphrey coming at twenty. Two uh, and second, yeah, and the other mm. the other two are at twelve and thirteen. Now I want to get to that because Benjamin Solak had also said, "Hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, I wouldn't. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think Darren Sproles is an absolute lock to lock to make the roster." Which I uh-huh. certainly replied, "Dude, the coach was literally knocking on the GM's door every five yeah. seconds, as we explained in three thirteen. Uh, is he resigned yet? He's not going to go anywhere as long as he's healthy. I mean, that is your your three running backs. That's why we asked about the four are Ajayi, Clement, and uh, Darren Sproles, and that's how it's going to roll, and that's that's totally fine. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know why he thinks that. And certainly, oh, I know why. <laughs> well, I, 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 <laughs> we know, you know why. Well, tell, tell the people why. Because Ben loves Donnell Pumphrey. He's, like, he's <laughs> Donnell Pumphrey's biggest fan. Him and Teron Davenport on the same island. So I keep getting, uh, wait, you, you just wait and see. But that's the, that's part of this too, right? Uh, if I think if you're going to make this roster, if Donnell Pumphrey's going to make this roster, he's going to have to be your returner. And that's it. I mean, that's that's the only way I really see that happening. The same with Smallwood, uh, who's uh, done it before in the past, obviously. Matt Jones is going to have to be the same thing. I don't think Josh Adams has the skill set for it. Like, that's to me, there's no reason to keep that fourth running back on simply to try and, like like I was saying before, even if Josh Adams has that LeGarrette Blunt role, how many snaps is that garnished? You know, and how many uh, times is he really going to play uh, be on special teams in a non-returner role? You know, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. And especially like uh, you could see Matt Jones doing that, but there's still a lot of holes in his game, as we were mentioning before, like with even pass blocking to be, uh, you know, in and out with with Corey Clement on a on a third down uh, passing and things like that. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to kind of wait and see. But Donnell Pumphrey is uh, I I don't think he's going to make this this team. I think that's it's it like what what could he do? other than than being a returner here blg well john you said returning i mean like he didn't even do that in college well, that's what that's i'm the saying thing. like there's no track record even last year when in the limited opportunities i mean he seemed to be okay at it in practice like he wasn't a disaster which is you know a nice start but really didn't show much in the games when he had opportunities to do so and and look uh, i know ben over there on the the great program the kissed and solak show has been uh, hyping up his boy donnell pumphrey but and especially using the 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 um the injury caveat saying that oh he was hurt last year look Donald Pumphrey he, did he was get hurt. he was not hurt last year let's well he no he was hurt last year but he he wasn't 100 he was not I, hurt enough to be on IR let's put it that way well he, but even before here's the thing even before any of that questionable injury stuff happened he still wasn't looking good like or at least. He wasn't looking impressive at all, at least to me, back when I right. think about an OTAs and everything. I just didn't see – it wasn't like he was terrible, but I just didn't see anything special. I was like, I don't really get it with this guy. Like, What's the appeal here? So now it's kind of an interesting situation because we're coming off of a year where Nelson Aguilar was just downright awful for two years. And really, when you look at history, 
and the kind of production that he had, there was really no strong precedent for Nelson Aguilar to turn it around as much as he did. It just it didn't exist. You can talk about third year wide receiver or, you know, he was a former first round pick. Sure, he had the talent, but historically speaking, it just wasn't there. And I think with Donald Pumphrey, um, because of that Nelson Aguilar thing, it's in my mind that okay, maybe there's a chance this guy really turns it around. But at the same time, I just think I, I keep going back to I, I just really didn't see any even like flashes last year. And there's just no precedent for a player of his size at 5'8", 176 pounds to be successful. It, it just doesn't exist of, of his slight build. It's not Darren Sproles where, or even Deion Lewis, these smaller guys who are kind of stocky built like tanks. He's just small and thin. Like I don't, I don't see it working. So I really can't expect him to make the team. I don't really see the role that, I don't. I don't see the the path to it. It would have to be like, because who are you keeping? If you're keeping Donald Pumphrey, who are you not keeping? Like that's the thing. You're not keeping Darren Sproles, a Hall of Famer. Sorry, Ben. Like that's not happening. Like Darren <laughs> Sproles is gonna be fine. He's yeah. gonna like the injury thing. That doesn't phase me at all. Like this is Darren Sproles. He's a special guy. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Matt, so Matt I, Jones. I, I that's what I'm saying. Like Matt Jones would have to be the best running back ever that you've ever seen. And even then, Darren Sproles would still make the team as the fourth running back. You know, like it's yeah. just like. I don't, and then a quick thing too on the Matt Jones, uh, Josh Adams thing that you kind of brought up with Blunt. I do think that's a little interesting that they they show these interests in these bigger backs. I don't think it's like they have to have one and they have to have that guy in the roster. But they had Ryan Matthews, they had Blunt, so I do think they they like this bigger back. Oh yeah, they certainly do. Uh, it's just I feel like that Ajay is, is is that you know I mean like he not only he creates like his own it, yards sure. and he runs like it you know I don't think it's absolutely necessary that you have to have that Legarrette Blunt role and listen that's not easy to fill right uh, we learned that we assumed that and everybody last year just looked at Legarrette Blunt and went oh this is so dumb he was used too many times and the the blah blah all of that. Uh, overarching stuff, and then you had Mike Gellisley or Gillisley or however the fuck he pronounces his last you name uh, is going to be that guy. And he like in, in his, the first week of the NFL season, I think it was against the Chiefs, he had like four touchdowns or something ridiculous like that. And they're like, "See, that's all you need. It's just plug and play. This is the biggest mistake ever." And as the year went on, he was used a lot less and less, and just like shuffled into the mix. And Deion Lewis took care of things. The Garrett Blunt is a very unique running back, right? Like it's just and. and for right now, where Josh Adams is at coming into it, and you know BLG and re- just reinforming us about the injury, and Matt Jones, uh, who hasn't had the greatest track record before, you can't just suddenly go, okay, well they're going to be Legarrette Blunt. Um, so I he- here's why, and and well, we'll we'll get into it in just a sec. I want to remind everybody that we're going to be at Citizens Bank Park, and I, I got to tell you guys, this is an awesome event at the All-Star Beer and Wine Festival, and it's not just beer and wine. There's booze there, too. I know that Tito's is going to be there. It's happening May 19th at Citizens Bank Park. If you use the promo code BGN when you're going uh, to uh, just Google it at the uh, you have the All-Star Craft, in, uh, or, uh, yeah, Craft Beer and Wine Festival, it's $5 off the ticket. That includes unlimited samples from over 100 different distributors of beer, wine, and booze. There's tons of food there. And on top of that, the bonuses are you get a uh, free ticket to the after-hours party or after-event uh, after party, I should say, at McFadden's, which is right next door. And you get two Phillies tickets. Two 
Phillies tickets to a future game at Citizens it's Bank like a Park. Seventy-six dollar value, right? Yeah, it's seventy-six bucks on top of that. So if you get the VIP ticket, you get like a commemorative uh, beer glass where you can just go around. Plus, we'll be broadcasting there. It's going to be such a fun time. Uh, and we're not on the air on on uh, WIP that weekend, so it ends up being great. May nineteenth. It's a Saturday. Come down and hang out. It's from three to seven p.m. Uh, we're going to drink a lot of beer. We're going to eat a lot of food, and I really want to see uh, BLG do some damage. So we're going to be filming a lot of different stuff too. But again, it's the All Star Craft and a Craft Brew and Craft Beer and Wine Festival happening at Citizens Bank Park May nineteenth. Uh, there's links everywhere, and be sure to go check out uh, at BGN underscore Radio on Twitter. I'm sure we'll have information there as well. So uh, the the Eagles also are. Not stopping with uh, with the pass rushing here. As Courtney Upshaw came in for a visit, Field Yates had reported that uh, a couple of days ago. And I don't know, do you think that is more just to be like, all right, he's played snaps well, basically everywhere. He started his college career as an outside uh, linebacker in Alabama as a 3-4 guy. Certainly gained enough weight to be a 4-3 guy in uh, Baltimore. I didn't actually pay too much attention to how they were using him uh, in uh, in Atlanta the last couple of years, but... You know, again, another guy that could be a part of that NASCAR package. Do you think it's it is to just wait and see where Jernigan is going to be at and have all these insurance policies because they have like a billion pass rushers on the roster now, BLG. If that happens, yeah, he's been playing. Uh, Courtney Upshaw now has been playing defensive tackle for the Falcons over the past couple of years. Now was doing some research on him, looking over at our SB Nation Falcons blog, the Falcoholic. They were talking about. You know, what should the Falcons do with him this year because he's a free agent and they seem to want him back. I mean, it's not like he's this must-have player, but he's been solid for them as a rotational backup defensive tackle. That's certainly something the Eagles could use, especially if Timmy Jernigan is going to miss some time. And I think that the fact that the Eagles might sign one kind of tells you, you know, they're they're not super, super optimistic. You know, they're kind of really... You know, adding some insurance there at that spot. And I think they should because, look, you have Fletcher Cox, you have Haloti Nada. That's great. Who was proven behind them? I mean, Elijah Qualls, Bruce Hector, um, Aziz Shitu might step up as possible. They could be great, but it's not a proven thing. And I think, you know, you bring in Courtney Upshaw. Obviously, Joe Douglas has the background with him, former second round pick by the Ravens. So they, they know what they're getting in him. Uh, they've gone through the cohabitation matrix, as Harry Roseman and Joe Douglas like to refer to. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that's definitely a guy that makes some sense for him. He'll be cheap. He has that versatility to play defensive tackle and defensive end you know maybe you're light on an end one week and you kind of slip him out there if you have to to have him take some snaps up there i think jim schwartz kind of likes that player i think back to uh here's a here's a deep cut for you james jones john james jones the former lions defensive tackle he kind of played both at um d d tackle and unless I'm thinking of someone else, I think it was him. But he played at tackle and he played at um, defensive end. He kind of likes that, I think, versatile line, at least one of those guys on the team. And I think Upshaw can do that. And the fact that the Eagles brought him in for a visit you know, tells me that you know they do have pretty good interest in him. They've been pretty good about signing most of the guys that ha- they've brought in, unless it's a situation like Terrence West where he's in a competition. So I think you could see the Upshaw signing. Uh, I think that would make a lot of sense. Uh, the only James Jones I know over in the Lions is uh, the running back from like way back in the day before you were born. Yeah, it wasn't him. <laughs> I don't know if I have that name right. It's, it's really bothering me. But it's it's a guy like that who played defensive tackle and and he played like both. And I just think that this is a possibility of why you might not carry four. 
You know, so like they want to double down. They've obviously shown that they want to double down between the draft free agency and everywhere else. Uh, and who knows? I mean, I'm sure Michael Bennett's kind of still hanging up in the air as well. Um, but this is part of the reason why I think you might see three is if it means that you're going to have a lot more versatility and depth there to try and make up for a lot of those maybe, uh, you know, missnaps. So, you know, Fletch isn't out there as much and everybody's fresh and juiced and ready to go. Like, why wouldn't you create the the biggest, you know, uh, defensive line depth that you possibly can? And I know for the same reasons, like, well, you know, are you really going to keep a guy on the roster if they're not playing special teams, if they're, you know, don't have a, a major role and they're only, you know, out there for maybe 15% of the snaps? Probably not. But it's just, uh, I, I think it is a small possibility that they could go in that direction there too. They brought in, um, you know, a couple of UDFA pass rushers. You have Josh Sweat added to the mix now, and it's getting sweat, sweat. It's getting rather exciting to me. Like I don't, I don't care. I would rather for this year if you're going to do that. Why not? You know, I mean, some of these guys are going to be on the practice squad anyway. I'm sure that someone would be available if you know someone went down. You could always you know resign Smallwood, you put Pumper, any of those. Uh, if you really need to, at some point in time, there will be a running back out there. So that's where I kind of look at this, BLJ. I, I, I think it is a, a great, uh, awesome opportunity to have like a ridiculous th- three-level defensive line and say, good luck. You know, with Sidney Jones, with all these new faces in the in the secondary, you allow Darby to actually get a little more comfortable this year and all that. I I, I would think it, you might keep an extra pass rusher D tackle because of all of this. And it was Jason Jones, by the way. Okay. Sorry, it wasn't whatever well, I said. It's Jason Jones. That's that's definitely <laughs> correct. So, um, I it you know not to be all cliche, but to totally be cliche, it comes down to for the most part, who the best 53 players are. I mean, like, if the running backs are, like, sucking it up. But I'm saying if the running backs are, like, like just totally trash, then I'm not trying to keep four. But I'm, I'm, I have the confidence that they will, there will be that fourth guy who's there. But, you know, if you want to go heavier at a certain position because you're, everyone's looking great, do it. I mean, last year was kind of weird because they kept five running backs originally, even though none of them looked all that great. I mean, even Blunt like didn't look great at points last yeah. summer. So that was kind of weird, but it worked out, and they, they ended up riding with uh, four or five for most of the season there. So uh, we don't always know what's best when we see in the preseason, but I think it kind of comes down to just like where are your best players, and look, you can count on this team to have a bunch of defensive end depth, and when it comes to adding a guy like Upshaw, getting back to him, and why the Jernigan injury kind of concerns me isn't so much just about the player itself and Jernigan, but the importance of that position. Like the defensive line was the strength of the team last year, or at least one of them, the pass rush especially. And I think Upshaw is a guy who not only can stuff the run a little bit, but being that former pass rusher that he was and uh, on the edge as a linebacker and a defensive end, I think he can kind of bring that from the interior as well. So kind of give you a little bit of juice there, and, and why I wouldn't mind signing him. Yeah, uh, so we'll have to keep our eyes on that. And uh, we know you guys had a lot of questions uh, coming in, and we uh, thank you for those. And we always kind of try and do a lot of different mailbag segments through the offseason, especially when it gets into 
uh, June and July OTAs are firing up towards the end of the month. We'll certainly be there uh, covering everything that's going in, including rookie minicamp starts on Friday. So uh, we'll try and get a sneak peek of uh, what's going on uh, down there. Uh, Brian uh, Seville, I hope I'm uh, pronouncing that right, was just mentioning Matt Jones as we went there. He thinks it's an underappreciated, underestimated signing, thinks that Jones can have some success. Uh, you know, do we think he can win that uh, RB four job? And it's certainly a possibility. We certainly went through that. Just didn't want to uh, think your question was being ignored there. Uh, Matt uh, at MJ uh, K. I don't know K. Get a better username. K I E H L six eighty ranking numbers. Ranking jersey numbers or which new player will perform best based on their numbers? Uh, oh, but please rank, I guess. So, for example, Derek Barnett has exceeded my expectations for someone who wears 96. Uh, I would say, yeah, well, they're, you know, they, they already did the number change there. I wonder if, uh, well, I'll use uh, Vitae because he's wearing our own Trey Thomas's number, and I'm very surprised that he did as well as he did wearing the number 72, even though he's not as good as Trey Thomas. So I'll say that. BLG, you got any um, you know, number rankings off the top of your head? I think uh, Jackson accused us of stealing his bit because I think he talked about this on CounterPoint. And the player, the most obvious answer here is uh, in terms of a player getting a better number and who will play better, it's Ronald Darby. Oh, I mean, he's for switching sure. from 41 to 21. Like, come on. Like, I think I think Jack said lock him in for a Pro Bowl year. I mean, but yeah, basically. I mean, that 41. See, I was fine with 35. I don't, it wasn't awesome, but I was, I did not like 41. I mean, the, the previous player wearing 41 was Mitchell White. And a lot of you probably don't even remember who that is. So, <laughs> 21. For Ronald Darby looking good. Uh, see, I thought forty-one was okay. I thought it was. I thought it was nah. fine. It's see, people said that. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, also, uh, Tim Westcott, uh, one of our fellow Patreon subscribers at uh, BG or Patreon.com/slash BGN Radio. Jason Kelsey, Kyle Fuller, Nick Foles, Michael Kendricks. Can we please stop pretending we know what trades other teams are willing to make? Uh, here's the thing, Tim. No, because all of those things were completely valid. Jeez, this is why. This is you know. Although Wait, the, what's the what's the thing here? He's saying, "Can we please stop pretending we know what trades other teams are willing to make for those?" Oh, we talking about players. Kendricks too. Kendricks is in there. Foles is in oh, there. Boy. Kyle Fuller from last year. Jason Kelsey. All those things were true. Tim. Jason Kelsey was on the block last year. Whether we want to believe that or not, uh, they decided that the value wasn't good enough. They kept him here. Thank God that they did. Kyle Fuller wasn't exactly like, "Hey, Chicago wants to give this up." You had Chicago beat reporters saying that they might be interested in moving him. Their actions said that too. They they had millions of corners at that point, and it was more, uh, more or less like you know, Tehran had had started mentioning that, and it made a lot of sense. Like you were looking for cheap ways uh, to get uh, low end guys to get here, and I I would have been totally on board with Kyle Fuller coming in here because he turned in a hell of a season, which got him a contract extension in Chicago. Nick Foles, same thing. You know, like there's obvious interest between his him, his agent. Uh, th- he just needed uh, the, an, an amazing price to be let go from the team, and we've been through that a million times. Michael Kendricks, BLG, I'll leave that up to you. Still going to happen. Man. Look, man, <laughs> people don't get it, but like this dude, how much is Michael Kendricks going to play this year? I don't know. Just answer me that question. Give me a snap number. Uh, I'll say 22, 25% of the snaps. And they're, they're paying him $7.6 million, like the seventh highest cap hit on the team. They're totally and a team that is pressed for cap space. They're totally going to just be fine with that because what? He's the, one of the best backups behind Jordan Hicks, even though they signed 
Corey Nelson and they signed Paul Warlow and they have Nate Gary in his second year and they still have Kamu Gruje Hill. Like, I just don't see it, man. Um, going to Jeff Stram. Should the Eagles move Pumphrey to wide receiver? I would love uh, if he had a body type for either running back or wide receiver, to be honest with you, Jeff. he has uh, He's struggling just to find that that RB uh, beef, which he was working on last year. I don't think he works out as a wide receiver at all. Do you, BLG? I mean, where are you putting – it has to be in the slot at yeah. that point, right? I right. Mean, like he has, and then at that point, like, you have Aguilar, so, like, why? Yeah. Uh, Eric Hernandez checking in at Master Freaks. Are you guys annoyed as I am as the NFL's top 100 list this year that Jimmy G is ranked above Malcolm Jenkins and Lane Johnson? That dude has started five games. No, I'm not, actually. Anything that keeps um, – a little more fuel between Jenkins and Lane Johnson because they certainly noticed where they were on the list. And the rest of the Eagles players certainly did, too. If they want to say that Jimmy G's beautiful baby boy face is never going to lose a game again, which he probably won't, with Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the San Francisco 40 oopsie-daisies, uh, I'm, um, I'm okay with it. I'm fine. You want to put Jimmy G above it? It's a quarterback league here, BLG, and uh, I'll keep the chip on the shoulder of the two best uh, uh, players on the Eagles. I think it's a little ridiculous that their fellow peers don't think as highly of them as they should. Yeah. Like, like how like Lane Johnson, arguably the best offensive tackle at the very least, the best right tackle. And somehow what cousins and Jimmy G yeah. are both above him. Like what? Yeah. How? I don't like, know. He won the Super Bowl. Even like that should be, that should get you a bump, right? Or at least as I don't remember exactly when the voting was taken, but the Eagles were doing good all season. Like, so that, that usually overrates players, you know, by default, like, Oh, that team's having a great season. Usually that guy gets a bump. I'm not going to be super angry about it here, but it's kind of like have some respect for your former players, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, or, or that, current, current players. players yeah, former. Yeah, look at you putting them in uh, retirement well, already. No, I thought the word um, fellow. Fellow. That's what okay, yeah, Sorry, there we fellow, go. Not former. Yeah. Um, who uh, is from Ross Miller, also one of our fine Patreon producers at uh, patreon.com slash BGN radio. Uh, we've certainly talked about all four running backs, BLG, but Ross is asking who do we want them to keep with those guys? So I think we already know that the three that uh, are locked there, and I don't think we're changing our answers on Clement, Ajayi, or Sproles. Who do you want it to be at that four spot? I think ideally it would be Josh Adams. So I'm going to root for him. I'm going to say. I would want it to be Donnell Pumphrey. You know, like, why wouldn't we want it to be Donnell Pumphrey? As much as I don't think that he's going to make the roster, uh, and maybe he's another <laughs> phantom IR guy that uh, comes into it for a second year, I would absolutely want him to make it. And to for, uh, you know, Benjamin Solak and Teron Davenport to gloat all over us and say, see, I told you, see, I told you, because that would be great. Like, to find a replacement for Darren Sproles, which everybody's been trying to do since 2006, is what um, what what should be happening. Like, that should be there. That should be the guy. And I want Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman to be right and me to be wrong. But until that happens, um, you know, it's... I'm going to feel the way I feel, but I would love to be proven wrong about Donnell Pumphrey, and I hope he works out, and that would be a great compliment to what they have uh, going through in here. There is, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, some good news on the horizon too, BLG, because 
it looks like that uh, Carson Wentz is, is not only ha- running around, is not only having a, a knee brace on at practice, but Ian Rappaport had said yesterday that there is a positive note for Eagles QB Carson Wentz. He recently sent films to uh, you know the gurus themselves, Tom House and uh, Adam, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Dedeau. Dedeau, that sounds like it's right, at 3D QB, and his mechanics are sound, I'm told. He's throwing better than before, technically, which is something that we were definitely getting into uh, this time last season. Injuries can always cause players to alter how they throw, and that hasn't happened. That's fantastic news from Ian Rappaport there, BLG. Yeah, I think everything that we've heard about Carson Wentz all season continues to trend in a positive direction. Like Everything points to him playing week one to me. I mean, he already said it earlier this week that he definitely expects to be there. He's already said that, but he keeps saying it. You saw the picture of him in practice. I don't know to what extent he was practicing. He had that knee brace on, obviously. The fact that he had a jersey on at all seems like a good sign to me. Again, I don't know. It's not like they're in even their final real phase of OTAs yet, and He's not expected to fully practice in those, but we'll see in a couple of weeks here on the first real practice on May 22nd what he's doing, and everything's good again. Everything's trending the right way, and I think that's pretty much the biggest takeaway we can take from all this. Uh, certainly is, and you'll have about 73 people tweeting about everything that he's doing oh, yeah. during all that stuff. It's going to be a packed media house uh, kind of when we get down there. In case you guys missed it, we had some really great things happen uh, this past week, uh, and uh, once um, you know a lot of things were going on during the draft, so we wanted to make sure that everybody was uh, able to uh, to hear them and do all those things. We got um, a, a great opportunity to go sit down with Jason Kelsey at uh, the Warrington uh, a football camp in uh, in Warrington, oddly enough, and uh, just uh, all around just a, a really solid, uh, solid, solid guy that, that Jason Kelsey is here, man. I mean, he is just doing so much as this banquet circuit is, is going on and he's finding a lot of things to do and um, keeping all his promises to uh, to all the ones that, you know, he would told he would be there and, and show up and got five minutes with him. If you missed it, uh, here it is, uh, me and Jason Kelsey just talking about the offseason in uh, Warrington, PA this weekend. Jason, what brought you out here to, to Warrington today to get involved? Uh, well, really, Kashina Bowie brought me out to Warrington right here. Uh, she's been one of my biggest fans, and she's always there for, like, salute service days and stuff like that. Um, and she told me that they were doing this camp out here with the kids. And uh, I just said, yeah, give me the dates, and we'll see if we can make it work out. And it worked out. And it worked out. Yeah, that's great, man. And you're uh, you're busy. You were in Ohio last night. You're yeah. heading to another gala today. What else well, is on the The problem is I'm not used to being this popular and this sought <laughs> after. So yeah. I, I said yes to quite a few things, and it's been a busy season so far. Yeah. Well, and what is that like? I mean, you've gone from... You know, yeah. a guy that grinded and became, you know, obviously one of the best centers uh, in Eagles history. And now you went from that to you're an icon now. I mean, that Super Bowl speech pretty much changed everything, right? Right, yeah. I mean, that, that, the speech really was what set it out, you know, where um, everybody now knows my face pretty well and it's pretty recognizable. Before that, you know, I was, I've always been really taken care of in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is one of the few cities, I think, that really embraces linemen. I feel like most other cities, you go out, if you're an offensive lineman, they have no idea who you are. Philadelphia, because of kind of the tradition of uh, understanding football and understanding linemen, they really do gravitate towards those big guys for sure. Which is, yeah, I mean, you know, we're a, we like to eat too, so <laughs> we, 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 we totally understand exactly. what's going on. Yeah. So what is it, is it different now that it's, 
you know, you're doing all this stuff and you, everything's very popular and certainly everyone knows that there's still a lot of unfinished business for some of these guys on the team and oh, been, been through that a lot. Is it a different mindset now going into OTAs and training camp where it's like, man, there's all this work that you have to go and do, but now we know the end result. Well, I think that it's just, it further uh, cements uh, the process and the, in the, and what's going on with the team and the coaches and everything like that. You know, I think obviously everybody had a lot of faith in Doug and, and, uh, and Jim Schwartz and the front office and everybody, but now that is at another level because of what we accomplished last year and faith in ourselves and everything like that. It's at all time high. And we know that we can get it done again. Uh, we, with how many great players we had on the sideline last year, uh, just speaking for the offense, you know, you got Jason Peters, Carson Wentz, Darren Sproles. I mean, all three of those guys, it's hard to imagine if you would ask me before the season if all those guys went down, if we were going to still win the Super Bowl, I, that would have been a tough uh, question to answer. Right. But, um, you know, I think we, we're fortunate. We got a lot of really, really good players. We got a great team, great atmosphere, great coaches. And, um, you know, it all came together last year really well for us. Which is, you know, you guys have already faced adversity. Just like you said, you faced a ton of injuries. Yeah. So what is going to be the concern about a Super Bowl hangover? Like, what's going to stop you guys from getting back there? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. The only thing that could stop us is really ourselves. And that's the way you always go into it, really. You always think that uh, you're your own worst enemy. You take care of your own stuff. But last year, we actually did. I mean, if you look at really the difference between the season the year before and last year, you know, we were in a lot of close games and very much could have been in the playoffs the season prior. But we had a lot of turnovers, penalties, things that just killed us late in games, especially uh, that didn't allow us to sneak into those playoffs. Uh, last year, we really took care of that for the majority of the season, and it correlated to more wins and ultimately the Super Bowl. So I think we know more than anything, as long as we take care of your own business, everybody just go out there, do your job, focus on the task at hand, um, you know, be ready, prepared, meaning, uh, you know, film study, uh, work through the week of practice and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think everybody's just uh, fully prepared to do all that again. Yeah, and uh, it certainly seems like it. Is there, uh, have you been able to reach out to any of the new draftees or anything like that? I have that not, not yet, no. I'm excited to see, especially some of these offensive line guys we got, obviously. You know, uh, the yeah, seven, actually, what do you, yeah, what do you make of Jordan? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to see. I think, you know, the, the, the seventh round pick everybody's really excited about because of the size and the athleticism and everything. Um, you always got to take it with a green. I mean, he's never played football before. And, you know, offensive line is such a technical position. There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there. But I think the coaches will do a good job of, of, of managing that. And I'm just excited to see kind of the raw ability he has and uh, some of the raw ability a lot of these other rookies have. With that, because, you know, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, yeah. How long does it take to understand the techniques of the positions? You, I mean, is it is it kind of almost – a little bit of a silver lining that he doesn't have. He's not bringing any bad habits into it. Well, there's, there's that. Obviously, yeah. some guys have been coached by completely different offensive line coaches, right. and they've got bad habits that you're not going to break at that point. Uh, it's going to be either it'll never happen or it's going to be a long process. Right. At least with this guy, um, he doesn't have that. Um, that being said, you still want – you would still prefer – like a grounding uh, basis of like football understanding, football knowledge. I mean, I played with a, a guy here, everybody knows Danny Watkins really well. And Danny uh, got started with football very, very late. And that was one of the things that he was constantly trying to overcome. And he was a smart guy. So it's just different for each guy. Um, I'm not sure how, how he learns what his best uh, 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 habits are. Uh, I'm sure that Jeff Stoutland has done a lot of research in that area, but you know, he's a big guy, he bends well, he moves quickly. Um, if he can get all that other stuff down, um, I mean, that's the only thing that's going to be holding him back for sure. Awesome. 
Appreciate it, buddy. Certainly thanks to uh, to Jason and the whole entire crew of the uh, Warrington football program who put that together. It's great to get uh, five minutes sitting down and hanging out with him. Uh, before we move on, there was uh, – did you see this, BLG? Did you see that there's the two oldest heads – uh, ever that uh, one ruined an entire franchise, and the second one, I you know, is is part of that that golden age of GMs where everybody kind of trusted his word. But um, Matt Millen and Ernie Acosti think that the Giants are doing a bang up job. <laughs> yeah, I am not shocked about this news at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's to me, it's great. It's just like because there's so many people lately. That are like, oh, the Giants are having a great offseason. They just had an awesome draft and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what are you guys talking about? No, they're not. They're not having a good offseason. They took a running back when they needed a quarterback at number two. Kyle Lawletta, I mean, that, like that's not your best option. I'm sorry. Maybe he turns into the next big thing. I don't know. But that's still not – it's not the right process, right? I mean, yeah. talking about process over results here, like that's not the way to go about it. When you have this quarterback who has been declining for years now, He's 37 years old and you need a replacement. You don't put a fourth round pick in there as your, you know, you don't put all your eggs in that basket. Not a gr- the best idea, especially when you could have taken someone at two and gotten a good running back later. So yeah. that's dumb. I love that Matt Millen, who is the worst GM in NFL history, just loves Dave Gettleman <laughs> and loves what the Giants are doing. It's amazing. I love that. The Giants, uh, as I wrote about earlier this week, made two of the worst value signings in free agency. We've already talked about this, and we've already made fun of them about it. But like, you're giving, uh, what's it? It was a Jonathan Stewart. Was it they gave Jonathan six point nine million? Yeah. And then they drafted Barkley, so like he's not even going to play as much now. And you gave him all that money. And then Nate Solder is the at best the fifth best offensive tackle. In the NFC East, I was looking at Pro Football Focus's numbers on Nate Solder for what it's worth, and he was like the 44th best offensive tackle. All right, last all right. Year. BLG's like this, doing the thing again this, where this P- franchise, where PFF is against it, and now he's for it. <laughs> I said for what it's worth. Yeah. I didn't say it was everything. I'm just saying, like <laughs> you look at like everything around that guy, and it's just and this team, and it's just. I feel like for years now, or at least a couple of years, people are like, "Oh, the Giants," you know. They're going to be better this year, and then they're just not. So until they are, I'm not going to believe it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really going to believe it either. And it's especially because I, you know, what I said during the draft. It's just, listen. I think Saquon and all the all the other they're good players. I think they drafted okay. It's just that they drafted in such a just like you were saying in a way that they have ups- the top picks they better draft okay. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Yes. It annoys me so much. Wow, this team that was really bad drafted well. <laughs> they have the good picks. They should draft yes. well. In the same way that you know the Cowboys had a good draft too. It's just kind of like, well, yeah. I mean, they're a little higher up than everybody else that's on the top tier. And uh, even then, I still think they made a couple of different missteps uh, happening there. So it's it's exciting because to me, like, it, it's still – and it's really easy to say, like, you know, the Eagles are in a Super Bowl. Even, even me saying that, you know, I, I don't think Matt Jones is good, it's just kind of like, well – uh, they won the Super Bowl, and so it really doesn't matter. And you know, I've, I've, we've all said things that um, during this the last two years that ended up being Super Bowl champions. So it's just nice to have uh, uh, that going, and I'm sure that's has a lot to do with uh, a lot of the critical thinking that we're doing with the rest of the NFC East. But it kind of continues on. Is you know, our friend Jimmy Kemsky had pointed out with how we're getting even more creative with the Mike Wallace contract and how that's all broken down. 
And from my understanding of the article here, BLG, the way that they had that weight clause in there, which is essentially like a, another way of a signing bonus, because it was something ridiculous, like 500K plus, right? If he came in under 255 pounds, the way they structured that contract is so it doesn't count against them when it comes to the compensatory picks next season. And Jimmy thinks that might be worth another sixth round pick uh, for them next year. Got that right, BLG? Yeah, it's kind of it's weird because like it feels like if if this is so easy to do, <laughs> why don't we see more teams do this? Maybe Howie and the Eagles cap guys are just so far out in front of everyone on that front, and they just understand things better. Uh, but I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a, it's a weird kind of contract, but I think it's creative. It, it doesn't really even guarantee they get that six rounder because there's incentives and if it goes over there's there's a lot of different factors here into the compensatory formula which by the way no one actually knows like really for sure i'm pretty sure like like analysts on the outside it's not an exact science we have a pretty good idea but it's not like no one knows the exact recipe for that but uh from what we do know it sounds like the eagles will get three compensatory picks next year they're going to get a fourth for trey burton a six for uh, Patrick Robinson, and then a six for Bill Allen as well. So that puts them at 11 picks in next year's draft. They have a first, two seconds, one third, two fourths, a fifth, three sixes, and one seventh. So they're loaded for next year, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. an exciting thought. Like you have this team that just won the Super Bowl. They have a really good roster. There's there's going to be some key free, free agents coming up after this year, but you still have that core in place. And then you have 11 draft picks to add even more youth and talent to this team. And I think that's going to be as equally as important as it was for the 2017 draft. You know, like this one, you can get away with a couple of misses, and you're probably going to because limited picks, you just won the Super Bowl, wasn't a ton going on there, right? So, you know, you get uh, uh, Goddard's, which I think Michael Kiss is trying to push, and I think that's an amazing nickname for the two of them. Uh, and, and you know, like that has to hit, obviously. But for... You know, like you you got Sidney Jones, you completely restructured your secondary, and that's going to be, hopefully that continues on, that you don't have to worry about that, plus Ronald Darby and the rest. 2019 is the most important draft in terms of what you're going to pay Carson Wentz the next year, and hopefully there's actually football to talk about uh, because of the NFLPN, the looming strike, which I think is going to happen anyway. But that to to get all those guys and to be able to have that be the last thing to replace some of the high priced veterans and guys you might not need to let go of because of you know it's you're going to have to I mean like it's a strong possibility that Carson Wentz is going to be making thirty million dollars a year twenty nine more twenty eight thirty five it's it's really going to depend on what Aaron Rodgers makes and what Mariota and what Winston make. Because if, if Rodgers is, is at 30 and and for some reason Mariota and Winston are under that, that's a great sign. <laughs> but um, it just depends. You know, if Carson Wentz wins the Super Bowl this year, uh, whatever, and they're, they're going to have to pay him whatever. 
because you know and it'll be worth it. it it will be worth it so yeah that's why all of those things are important and hopefully that's why blg I, as as much as people are getting sick of the michael kendricks thing it doesn't make any fiduciary or uh you know uh, asset value sense to hold on to michael kendricks at, at all because 7.6 million john right because it's it, you're you're going from that end you want an you want another fifth or sixth round pick for 2019 you're damn right they do boom are you kidding me Absolutely. So I still have faith. Uh, and it's not like anybody's making that up either. He literally wanted to be traded. Okay? Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to be here either. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. I hope BLG's right. Uh, before we uh, yeah, get to anything else, uh, we, like I said, it's a jam-packed show. So it's it's great. I want to remind you guys that we are taking the podcast on the road. As you heard in the beginning of the show, it's going to be so much fucking fun. You have no idea how excited we are to team up with fans of Philly because it is so simple. Like, I have tried to make my own travel plans, even for the combine, and I wanted to shoot myself in the face because it's just like, ah, my God, you got to go through all these freaking websites, and it's just terrifying and awful. If you go to fansofphilly.com and you want to come to Tampa with us, and if you want to come to Nashville, and if you want to come to New Orleans, you literally just go, hey, Joe, I want to come on the trip. Here's my money. He takes care of everything. And it's not like you're going to stay at the Days Inn. You know, it's not like one of those where it's just like you're in some muggy hotel and it smells bad and their pool smells like a basement. It's nothing like that. It is four-star <laughs> hotels. It is nonstop flights. There are pregame festivities. We're going to be doing podcasts throughout the entire weekend. And if you're in one of those cities, by the way, because we get a lot of questions on that, if you're in Tampa, if you're in Nashville, if you're in New Orleans, come to the tailgate. Come hang out. There are options there for you, too. Um, you just click on any of the trips that that you are in the city that you're living in and it has a tailgate option, all you can eat, all you can drink, and again, shuttle service to take you to and from the stadium. It's a one-stop shop. Fans of Philly, P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. Use the promo code B-G-N so we all stick together and we're going to have so much fun celebrating and taking over all the stadiums uh, this season. We got to sit down with not just Jason Kelsey, but uh, just before the draft, we sat down with legendary icon kicker Jake Elliott as he's doing some great things. He's doing a lip-sync battle with Queen Latifah. Do you know this, BLG? <laughs> That's what I've heard. Uh, and it's it's to help uh, St. Jude's Hospital, which is a great cause, something that he's been with since his days in Memphis. And uh, we got to catch up with him about his offseason and his extra points. All right, we are uh, sitting down with the now Super Bowl champion, the uh, one and the only, the 61-yard sensation himself, Mr. Jake Elliott, right here on BGN Radio. Jake, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing well, John. How are you? Uh, fantastic, my friend. And uh, I know that uh, you're doing uh, you're doing a lot of stuff, but you right now are, are currently gonna about to do something really, really fun. What, uh, what, what are you doing with uh, Queen Latifah and a whole bunch of uh, lip-syncing, I guess, is what's going on okay. here? Yeah, we got a we got a big event planned out for us. So um, on May on May twenty third up in New York, we're gonna have we're gonna have a little lip sync battle um, on on the new Carnival Cruise Lines uh, very own Carnival Horizon, um, which will get into the U S. on on the twenty third. So we're kind of having a, having a grand opening for that and and celebrating Carnival Cruise Line and St. Jude Children's Hospital, um, kind of celebrating their their partnership. Fantastic. Have you chosen a song already, or is this uh, something that you're going to deliberate for a while? Well, we we got Here I Go Again for one of them, and then um, we're still still waiting on the decision for the second. So uh, we're, we're looking okay. forward to it. Yeah. 
All right. I hope there's I hope there's video and audio and a whole bunch of other stuff. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh. So, uh, you know, everybody's been kind of mentioning and certainly everybody coming back into the building in Novacare and uh, Jason Kelsey, again, was really passionate about it. Carson Wentz, you can tell that they all want to get back to the Super Bowl. What What is it like for you right now as we're about to enter the NFL draft and it's going to be new guys in a locker room? There's people that have changed. What's uh, what's the vibe like for you and in, in, in the locker room right now heading for that second Super Bowl title? Yeah, I think uh, I think the main thing is you know looking looking at last year and, and seeing what we were, we were able to accomplish and um, what it took to accomplish that and you know seeing seeing how our locker room responded to adversity and and all all the good things that the guys put in store for that um, just kind of being able to repeat that and, and make it better putting putting a great group out on the field and you know we're we're starting early obviously we're getting we got back to work last week so. Uh, start starting to build that now. And uh, what is it for you now that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened, man. I mean, you were on a Bengals practice squad. The Eagles kicker gets injured. Uh, you hit a, a, the most iconic win of the season against the Giants. You go and win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's a pretty good rookie year. What, what is this going to be? What do you have for in store for year two here? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully a repeat. Um <laughs> Yeah, just just try to hammer out and, and improve as much as I possibly can. You know, there's obviously obviously little things that we can we can all do to get better, and um, yeah, everyone's everyone's really motivated and, and looking forward to a great great 2018 season. Now, I don't mean any disrespect by this next question for sure, but like the the ongoing joke, or it seems like on Twitter is is the extra points. Like you are so accurate from <laughs> from beyond and in front of the extra point thing. What do you think is was was the issue with those? Is that just kind of you know, random now that the NFL has a 33-yard extra point uh, thing, and there it's no gimme. Or wh- what do you think that is for you? I mean, yeah, I think I think it is no kick, no kicks a gimme anymore. That's for sure. But I, I don't know. I think it's it's all just kind of random. I happen happen to hit the long ones and you know missed a few of the shorter ones. So I don't know. It's just uh, just toning out and, and being as consistent as I can be. You know, that's that's the goal for next season. And how does how do you work on something like that? Is that just reps? Is that just uh, you know? And now that Donnie's not going to be your holder, is that going to change change a few things going into the season? Yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 find someone that can do the job. That's for sure. Whether it's um you know Cam Johnson who's on who's on the roster right now, or, or whether it's someone else. Um, yeah, it's just finding the rhythm and, and being consistent with it and being as confident as possible. Yeah, well, I think everyone will uh, certainly forgive a, a few misses here and there uh, with uh, with that long range that you have. So, uh, Jake, we, we're looking forward to it, man, and we appreciate the time here. And once again, uh, we, we definitely need audio and video of any lip syncing that is going on in uh, in a couple of weeks here. We appreciate the time, pal. Yeah, we're definitely excited about that that um that event and looking forward to the whole carnival cruise line and, and st jude sponsorship event there so um yeah st jude i just want to i just want to throw this out there as well john sorry um but st jude no is, please do yeah st jude children's hospital is you know something that's always been been near and dear to my heart and you know they i've always been a big big advocate for the kids and you know carnival cruise line does a great great job with that as well you know they have you know almost a million kids on board a year and Seeing those two kind of kind of hook up is is something really special. So something I'm really excited to be a part of, and then throwing in that lip sync battle just gives a little extra motivation. So we're looking <laughs> forward to that, and hopefully a hopefully a big crowd in store. Have you uh, have you been a part of uh, St. Jude in their program for a while? Is just kind of a new venture for you? Yeah, no, St. Jude um, is something I've been involved in for a while now. I, you know, I went to the University of Memphis, and they're based in Memphis, so we did. 
I was, I was fortunate enough to do, do a bunch of stuff in, in my time there. Um, so that was, that was a huge, um, huge deal of importance to me. And then seeing the opportunity when Carnival Cruise Line and they, and, and they joined up was, was something I was, I was really, really interested in right away. And uh, just one last thing before you go, and speaking of cruise liners and things like that, have you enjoyed any of the, the off-season here? Have you, have, they, have they hooked you up? Have you gone on a cruise somewhere, somewhere hot and tropical and delicious? Didn't go on a cruise, but definitely look, looking forward to, to getting on one of, one of Carnival Cruise Line's ships. You know, the, the Carnival Horizon, which is the one that, that's brand new that's going to be coming in that we're going to be on for this event is, is one I'm going to have to take, take out here, um, you know, whether it's in the coming months or, or next off season, that's definitely something I got to do. Yeah. Take a lot of Instagram pictures too. make everybody jealous, uh, while you're, uh, while you're doing that and doing good <laughs> things. I think that'd be good. So, uh, Super Bowl champion, Jake yeah. Elliott, uh, right here on BGN radio. We appreciate the time, my friend, and good luck to you this season. Awesome. Thanks, John. So again, thank you to Jason Kelsey. Thank you to, uh, you, the listener, of course, and, uh, a big shout out to, uh, uh Jake Elliott and, uh, the rest of the crew for putting, that together blg i think that'll wrap it up uh be sure to uh you know let us uh or, or yeah w what am i trying to say here uh what i'm trying to say is we're gonna be on wip this saturday from one to three so definitely listen to that blg your final thoughts here bud john what's your favorite flavor of gatorade uh blue frost without a doubt number one all right so there was some discussion today on twitter about uh gatorade i think she'll our good friend she'll Kapadia, uh, not a not a fan of the lemon lime. Really? I think he said. Yeah, he, that's, he compared the Matt Jones signing to like lemon lime flavored no, Gatorade. He no. said it's not your first, second, or third option. But uh, you know, on a hot day, it's fine. Uh, no, lemon lime is the first one you should reach for. That's like that's the to me. That's I mean, if we're talking about working out and doing it, lemon lime is is probably like you know, well, on my list, like second or third. Like if they don't have the blue frost yet, then you know, lemon lime, then orange. And I, I don't even really know of any other flavors that are really like it. never the red stuff. So that's what I oh. always say. Well, what about the pink stuff? Uh, strawberry, man. There's a best wait, flavor. There's a strawberry Gatorade. There's a strawberry Gatorade. It's not an easy flavor to find, and it is the best flavor. Well, I gotta, I gotta go look for that. That sounds outstanding. Are you kidding me? Um, well, phenomenal. Uh, stra- it's wait, a very me drink. It's, it's, so let's let's <laughs> let's put it to a vote then at PGN underscore Radio. If you on the Twitter dot com. We're on Instagram. If you are if you are big on uh, on strawberry Gatorade, I've never heard that before in my life. Uh, let us know or what your favorite Gatorade is. So uh, that being said, thank you again to fansofphilly.com and also the All-Star Craft Beer and Wine Festival happening at Citizens Bank Park on May 19th. We'll be broadcasting there. Both promo codes BGN. Uh, it will get you $5 off your ticket off the Craft and uh, Beer Festival, and it'll keep you in the loop with everything BGN uh, for the trips that are going on there. For Brandon Gowton, I am John Barchard, and this has been episode 314 of BGN Radio, right here, bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com. We'll see you guys. Bye.